0: All right, guys, I need to tell you about our sponsor for this week's episode of Conversations. It's Riverside. I've used Riverside since the company started. Riverside is an easy recording platform that you'd be able to send a link to your guests, maybe your co-hosts. It doesn't matter. You can send them the easy link. People can sit in on the audience. You'll be able to record up to 4K, which is super helpful. In 2024, we need to have the best recordings possible for our podcast listeners and this is how you do it. Riverside makes short form clips called Magic Clips. It's incredible. You can do audience recordings like I said. You can do broadcast recordings and stream on different platforms. Again, as transcriptions, you can edit right from their platform. I've used it for more than four years and I believe it is your time. If you're looking to start a podcast, if you have a podcast, maybe you're sick of other different video recording platforms. I would truly recommend listening and participating in Riverside. They gave me a 15% off code for each one of you. So you can go to the link in the description and you will be able to get 15% off your subscription. So go right now, download Riverside and start your podcast, start your YouTube channel this year using River. Thank you so much. Have you ever worked for a toxic leader? In this video, we're gonna go over six traits of a toxic leader leader. You might actually even be the toxic leader. We're going to go over six key traits that I've seen over the course of my leadership journey of somebody who is toxic, or you might even be that person. Stay tuned. We're going to jump in right now. Well, hey, guys, welcome to this week's episode of Conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about toxic leadership. It's 2024. We need to get rid of any toxicity in our life, and especially internally. How can we avoid being the toxic leader in our organization, in our church, anywhere? I want to thank you so much for subscribing on YouTube, commenting, engaging in our YouTube community, and even on the podcast. We're reaching over 50 different countries on our audio podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this. I believe that when you listen to this, when you apply the teachings on this podcast, I believe you will become a better person, a better leader, a better husband, and that's really the goal. That's uh, the goal since day one for me is, man how can we all become just a little bit better on the subject of leadership on the subject of of really ministry and obviously these these principles apply regardless of what season you are in because we're all leaders we all we all lead at some capacity whether that is ourselves whether that is a church whether that's our family it does not matter again you are a leader you were born to make a difference you were born truly to to innovate to push forward wh- whatever space you feel like you're supposedly called to be and and for this for this subject i want to i want to say a couple of things one we all we all have moments of toxicity i think we all have moment we all have bad days we all have days where we don't want to be a leader we don't want to lead we don't want to go to work that's fine what i'm talking about here is the dark side of leadership this is this is true toxic Characteristics that we have to see, avoid, and call out to the best of our abilities. And I understand that if you're not the the person in your organization who has these traits, what you can do is learn to be the opposite of whatever I'm about to teach on. And when you do this, what what happens is you you gain influence. And when you gain influence, people see you as a leader. And at the end of the day, You can't hide for for too long, right? Like, as a leader, our responsibility is to create change. And if we can do our best, because that's really all we can do. There's no such thing as a perfect leader, but there's a such thing as an available leader, a trustworthy leader, a responsible leader. So let's jump into number one, micromanagement. Micromanagement, leaders who excessively control or oversee every detail can stifle creativity D team members and hinder progress. This behavior indicates a lack of trust in team capabilities. Nobody can deal with a micromanager. And if you are a micromanager, you need to do some introspection. You need to look inside yourself and say, why don't I trust the people that were brought to me or I sought out? Because at the end of the day, if you're a leader, you have people on your team and you're seeking out people why would you lack trust in them to push forward the project? Because we know that two can do better than one and five can do better than two. That's just math because at the end of the day, you can only do so much as one person. So when you're acquiring more people, you're bringing them on. You're not bringing them on to just be busy bees. You're bringing them on to be an agent of change in whatever area you hired them in or brought them on as volunteers, whatever. Again, you apply it to whatever context you are in. No micromanagement. And this is three warning signs, by the way, of a micromanager. Team members constantly seek approval for minor decisions. I always say this. Don't come to me with ideas. Come to me with results. The result might be a bad result. That's okay. We can talk through that. That's what being a leader is. So team members constantly seek approval for minor decisions. High turnover rates or decreased morale within the team. So is there a constant turnover rate? Last one, frequent delays in project completion due to over review. If we're going to do a review, let's just do one review. I'm I'm going to give you feedback. Take it, apply it. Again, I don't want to see ideas. I want to see results. I don't want to see fruit. As a leader, we need to be fruit inspection people, not detail inspections. We're not looking in every single detail, every file, every word. Because if you're going to, that will 100% be your lid. At the end of the day, your lid will be your decision making. And, and we cannot be micromanagers. If you're a micromanager, again, where in your life did you start to lose trust in people? Because you hired them mostly, I would assume, because they're better than you at something. Because we always want to hire people that are better than us. We want to lead people who are better than us. That's a test of a true leader. It's easy to lead somebody who you're better than them at everything because they just want to learn from you. But leadership is so much more than people learning from you. Leadership is helping others become great. You're taking whatever they're good at and making them great at it. That doesn't mean you're great at it. That means that you're good at poking questions, helping them see differently and see bigger. So no more micromanaging in 2024. Next one, narcissism. A self-centered approach where the leader prioritizes their own needs, desires, and achievements above those of the team or organization can lead to a poor decision-making and a toxic work environment. Are you self-centered? I don't know if you can be a leader and be self-centered. I think you can be a manager. I think you can be a a dictator. But I don't know if you can be a leader. Because a leader, in my definition, and I I believe yours, if you're listening to this, is a servant. A leader is somebody who is, at the end of the day, going to serve the people who are above them. If you're not a Christian or not, this still applies to you. But Jesus said so the greatest of all will be the servant of all. You want to be the GOAT leader in 2024? Why don't you be a servant? And a servant isn't a slave. That There's a huge difference between a servant and a slave. A servant is choosing it. You're waking up every day and saying, man, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be the person who is going to listen more than I speak. I don't have to be the person who empowers people, but I'm going to be. And today, I want to be a servant. I'm going to serve the person. And serving is a choice. Serving is most of the time not by default, but it is by design. And if you want to be great, if you want to be, have an incredible organization, you need to choose servanthood. So here's morning signs of a narcissist in your organization. Leader constantly takes credit for team achievements. There's no I in team. We've, we've been saying that since kindergarten, and it literally does apply. There is me, by the way. There is M-E within the word team, but that's a whole other day. Stop taking the credit. If you're the leader, stop taking the credit of any wins you get. It's a team win or it's somebody within your team. You don't get the wins. You take the losses. That's a leader. Disregard for feedback or suggestions from team members. If you can't take feedback, it's time to move on. And anyone within your organization who, who's struggling to take feedback or, or even disregards it or dismisses it, there's a true insecurity there that says, one, I have everything figured out, which if you do, this is not the podcast for you because you probably don't exist. Or two, they're, they're not taking feedback because they don't trust you. Again, they don't want to hear your opinions. And that's all it is. It's just an opinion. That's what feedback is, is he, Hey, the five words, here's what I'm seeing. Hey, I'm seeing this. And I would love for an explanation or or this pattern I'm seeing in you, man. I just want to bring it up and I want to see if there's something going on. Doing that, I promise you, one will create a new level of buy-in and trust within your organization. So that's that's a narcissist. If they're not willing to take feedback or suggestions from the team, they're self-centered. They're only focused on them. They're not focused on the achievement of the team. Cause if you are focusing on the achievement of the team, you're willing. To grow as a human. So the last one for the warning sign of a narcissist: a culture of fear or intimidation rather than collaboration. Are you scared to bring up something at the table? Are you scared to confront your leader on a one-on-one? Are you intimidated by them when they come inside of a room? Are you intimidated by them when they sit at the table? Are you at dinner with them and you want to bring something up, but you know, I'm not gonna open up this can of worms. Well, this, we can't do that. It's 2024, man. W- what a small, insecure person to think, I need to create fear in people so that they stay, so that they stay under my wing. I need them to be intimidated. And you wouldn't say that, right? You would never say that in a million years. And, and if you have, that's a whole nother level of narcissism. But the, the entry level narcissist, the someone who doesn't even know that they are, their responsibility is to dominate. They want to dominate in the room. They want to dominate on the call. They want to talk the most. They want to be somebody who, honestly, I'm assuming has positive intent. They want to make a difference. They want people to see them as great. And they're they're creating a culture of fear, which is not okay. So the person who is a narcissist always takes credit. They disregard feedback. And they have a culture of fear in their organization. Next one, lack of empathy. A leader who has lack of empathy, a leader who lacks empathy is unable or willing to understand and consider the feelings, perspectives, and needs of others can create a hostile workplace. So, there's three categories here that I just said: feelings, perspectives, and needs. Those are three very different things. Feelings again are, are temporary; most of the time they're instant. Right? They're the things that I'm currently experiencing. This is something that I'm currently experiencing. This is somebody who disregards that. So. Hey, I'm feeling tired today. Yeah, that's great. So am I. It's Monday. Let's work. Would you want to work for somebody like that? No. No, you would not want to work with somebody who is toxic like that. Perspectives. So this is somebody who, who is not willing to hear about a perspective. And a perspective is different than perception. Because perception is different than perspective. So perspective is how I see something. Like a vantage point and a perception If you almost think of like the image quality, right? It's super unclear and then it gets clear. There's a perception that happens when we have consistent patterns without truth. A consistent pattern without truth is a perception. A perspective is how I see something. So again, here's what I'm seeing blank and needs there. There are needs that people have that we're not willing to meet. That means we're a true toxic leader because that's our responsibility as a leader is to meet the needs of the people we lead. So, here's some warning signs. Team members express feeling undervalued or unheard. If you are a leader, your responsibility is to make sure the people on your team are being heard. And there's a difference between listened to and heard because your ears, if your ears function, they're being listened to. They're, you're just like hearing their noise, but to actually truly dial in and hear them. It's going to take time, it's going to take active listening, and it's going to take a question afterwards. Always say, after they're done talking, say, oh my gosh, here, here's what I'm hearing you say. And then repeat what they say. If you repeat what they say and they go, no, that's not what I said. That's okay. Just try again. They say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm dialed in. Say it again. I want to make sure I'm hearing you right. That is somebody who will always have people around them, always have the best leaders and always have a trust within their organization. Make sure you're helping people be heard in your organization we We gotta have empathy. we gotta have understanding. we gotta and if and if that's something that you don't default to, which is myself, I don't default to empathy. I default to just results and solutions. It takes intentionality. It takes listening because there's a there's a wallet within me that always goes to again results, solutions, answers. Jumping the gun and not truly hearing them out. So I have to intentionally ask questions that might create, people might think I'm annoying. People might think, man, this guy just asks a lot of questions because I'm truly trying to get to the feeling that they're experiencing so I can try my best to do the same. So there's a high level of stress or burnout amongst team members. Are you stressed? Are you burnt out? It potentially isn't your fault. You might have a leader who is lacking empathy or you are the leader, and everyone on your team is burnt out and tired, you're lacking empathy. It's because they experienced something and you didn't does not mean they're wrong and vice versa. Every human being is different, and every single human being has different circumstances externally and internally, and we have to be willing to listen to people and understand them because the goal is not results. The results are the byproduct of our healthy people our team is healthy, our our systems in place are creating healthy people. That is a place where we want to get to. And if that is not the the external factors, it might be internal. There might be something going on. They might be having anxiety, might have depression. They might, again, XYZ, you insert whatever that context is for them. That is our goal. That is to understand them. And for people to feel understood in 2024, I believe will increase your team efficiency results, all of that. All that stuff's a byproduct of a healthy team. So high levels of stress or burnout. And then leaders dismiss or minimize the concerns of others. So are you minimizing people's expressions of feelings? Because you know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot for somebody to bring something up. They've been thinking about it for weeks. And maybe they've been thinking about it for days or, or hours or even minutes. That's okay. It does take a lot for somebody to bring something up. Not everybody is defaulted to being confrontational. And even the people who are confrontational, you are their leader and they want to respect you and they want to bring it up in an appropriate way because everyone's been through an interview. Everybody's had a moment of fear and for them to take a lot of angst inside of them to say, hey, it's time to bring something up and for them to bring it up to the table and for you to minimize it or dismiss it, one, is disrespectful. And truly will result in a lack of trust and a lack of results within your team because they're saying, I guess my voice doesn't matter here. That's what they're saying. I guess my voice does not matter in this organization or, or this team. His voice or her voice only matters. And we, I say that out loud, and you listening to this are like, wow, that sounds like a horrible person. Yeah, but we've all done it because we've all minimized someone's story, we've all minimized someone's idea. We've all minimized somebody in some context, and it's our responsibility to take ownership of that, apologize, ask for forgiveness, and move on, and to create moments for somebody to have ideas. Maybe we have a planning meeting every single week, and the team, your team of five people, gets to pitch ideas. And you, in the back of your mind, know hey, man, not all these are going to work, not all these are going to be good ideas. But people are going to be empowered to think. They're going to be empowered to innovate. And they're going to be trusted by me to make a decision, see results. And we're going to all listen and we're all going to affirm, man, that's such a great idea. Let's write that down. This might, It might not be 2024, but 2025, man, or, or don't overpromise, right? But you creating space, you creating an opportunity for them to think like an owner. They're not an owner. Don't ever have that as a value in an organization, by the way. It's not a value thing, it's a feeling thing. A value of think like an owner. No, they're not supposed to think like an owner. They're not, unless they are an owner. Give them equity, give them ownership, and then they'll think like one. Uh, that's manipulation. So last one here, or actually there's two more. So short-term focus at the expense of long-term goals. Short-term focus at the expense of long-term goals. So. Leaders who prioritize immediate gains or short-term objectives without considering the long-term consequences or sustainability. That's the equilibrium, right? We're trying to find, man, how do we, how do we create short-term valued goals at the expense, hopefully not at the long-term because you got to have both right? It's the balance of both. It's the, it's the equilibrium. Like I just said, you're trying to find the short-term and long-term and the long-term by the way is vision. Because at the end of the day, you can't really quantify 5 to 10 years out. You can't project 10 years out. I get it. You have you have assumptions in your mind and you can see patterns based on numbers. But every single person cannot see 10 years down the line. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the best leader on the planet. Think about the weatherman. The weatherman, they always have the 10 years. This is what the earth is going to look like. They're wrong every single time. It's because it's a guess. And that's okay. It's an educated guess. And we can make educated guesses, but we got to have this equilibrium of, man, what are we doing today to create our future, but not at the expense of our future? So here's some warning signs of somebody who is only focused on short-term goals. Constant shifts in strategy or direction with clear rationale. So it's without clear rationale. So we're constantly, every single day, there's a new thing that we got to figure out. There's a new new idea. There's a new direction that we're going Think about how dizzy somebody gets if you're constantly shifting them back and forth, left and right, up and down, and they can't focus. Our responsibility is to create a firm foundation for people to stand on and walk. Leaders don't run. I don't care who you are. You're trying to run. Good luck, because I can walk way farther than you can run. You might get somewhere faster than me, but you're going to be tired and weary, and I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to walk right past you when you're sick on the side of the road Twenty miles down the road, and I'm going to go 100 miles walking. So you can go a lot farther walking than you can running. So constant shifts in strategy. How tired are you? How tired are you that you don't know where you're going and you're dragging human beings along with you? Let's not do that in 2024. Ignoring feedback that suggests potential long-term risks. So somebody at your table is going, Hey, hey, what are our thoughts on this? This might actually actually happen in two years. Should we not do this? and for you to ignore that or even a cultural thing we don't want to see the big risks and avoid them because that's what got you in the first place right that's what that's what you excited you about leadership that's what excited you about being a business owner is risks risks are great positive risks not the risk of saying hey this might actually ruin 20 people's lives probably not the best risk I'm going to be honest so d- don't ignore feedback that people see things that you don't see that's okay that's why they're on your team it's your responsibility to help them get to again. Is it a results thing? Is it an execution thing? Or are we just scared? Because we're not going to be scared. We're not going to be fearful, but we are going to be aware. So you got to have the balance, like I said. in the last one, declining performance or missed opportunities for growth. So are you consistently declining performance? So here's, here's an example. You lead a sales team of five people. You're saying, hey, in a year, we're going to have a million dollars revenue. Right now, you're bringing in $2,000 a month total, which is which is small, but you're still bringing it in. You're still bringing in dollars. So they're saying, oh my gosh, I got to get a million dollars next year. Like, that's that's a lot. You saying that is just creating them to be overwhelmed. And there's no real attachment to this. So what's going to end up happening is they're going to have analysis paralysis. They're going to only look down a year away. They're going to be scared. And they're going to go, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do this two months in, now they're doing $500 and you're going, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? Is something wrong at home? Are you doing something wrong? Like, is there something going on? Do we need to talk about a a transition? Nothing changed within them besides a fear that you put on them. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed, they did the same amount of dials every single day. They showed up the exact same time. They're having the same amount of conversations and you put fear in them, which equates them to go, oh my gosh, I'm carrying too much weight and I don't know what to do with it. And they don't know who to talk to because you are so focused on long-term that you're, you're missing the short-term. And vice versa, we got to have the balance, like I said, equilibrium. So lack of accountability. Leaders who fail to take responsibility for the actions, decisions, or mistakes, who shift blame onto others can undermine team cohesion and foster a culture of scapegoating. So a lack of accountability. We got to be accountable people. We got to have people who we report to, every leader should have a leader. Every follower has a leader, guaranteed. But even you, you're the top dog, you're the CEO, you still need to report to somebody because an, somebody who lacks accountability will not be sustained. You want longevity, have accountability. Here's three warning signs of somebody who is lacking accountability. Leaders avoid discussing failures or mistakes. So this is somebody who who won't talk about their mistakes, won't talk about... Uh, their history expense for their destiny, right? It's somebody who's like, man, did this guy ever do anything wrong? Because he won't talk about it. There's only talking about the wins. That's somebody who doesn't want to bring it up because they're scared they're going to lose their job, they're going to lose their wife, they're going to lose their whatever. That's somebody who, again, is living in fear and somebody who, by the way, has no dark corners in their home. The lights are on. And that's, that's, that's an expression, right, of somebody who isn't open. Tim Ross or or Mike Toto is says, hot, humble, open, transparent. There's somebody who, man, you're getting all me. Don't ask me how I'm doing if you don't want the real answer because today I'm not doing good. Or, or, hey man, I'm really tired. I stayed up all night, our baby was crying and I'm just overwhelmed. Can I have the day off? That's somebody that you should celebrate and say, man, take the day off. Go take your wife on a date. Whatever it is, having somebody who is willing to share and is accountable will be a winner team members are hesitant to take initiative or make decisions. So again, analysis paralysis is somebody who is hesitant, man, I don't know if I can if I can make this decision because it it might fail the company. The company might fail. Our team might look at me and say, "Oh my gosh, this person made this mistake." Why not? Why not fail? Why not try and fail? Then not try at all. And this is somebody again who who is always shifting the blame. They're always saying, oh my gosh, that person did that. That's so bad. Internally, they go, oh my gosh, I did that 37 times last week. That's somebody who is scared to express again because they think that that's actually going to hurt them, but it's actually going to help them. We know that darkness and light do not coexist. So somebody living in fear, living in darkness, you put a little little light inside of that box, I promise you it's going to light up. You're going to feel a little bit better. You're going to feel a little bit more fresh. You're going to feel a little lighter. There's a heaviness that happens when we're not willing to share. There's a heaviness that happens when we don't have accountability because we know we're carrying something we're not supposed to. And when you share it with somebody, you're actually splitting the weight because somebody isn't going to take it with them forever. They're just going to carry in that conversation and you guys are going to process it together. And by the end of that conversation, I promise you, the weight's going to be gone. That's somebody who is a leader. That's somebody who can create change. And that's somebody who honestly has a lot of influence because they're willing to bleed, not on people 24-7, but they're willing to bleed within their team and within their friends. And that's somebody who, again, that will be, that will be somebody who will be healed. So lack of accountability, a pattern of blaming external factors. We don't play the blame game. There, There's no such thing as blame. You, you just take ownership, take accountability, ask for forgiveness, move on. At a sales manager a long time ago say some will, some won't, so what next? Like at the end of the day, it's not about the the little things, right? It's not about the you being offended and going to lunch and and talking about somebody in a bad context. All that stuff, again, it's just factors. And that's that's what our responsibility is is steward factors. We're stewarding things that happen to us and we we respond to that instead of react to it. A reaction is a blame. A reaction is is giving excuses. A response is giving reasons. A response is sharing your actual feelings. You're sharing your actual expression of something that you saw. That's somebody who's great. That's an accountable person. Because at the end of the day, they can report to somebody and they're telling the truth. They can be, again, accounted for. Think about this in the military. If you're not accountable, you're not gonna go out on the mission. If you if you aren't accountable, you're giving excuses you're you're lying all the time you're you're not working out you're not doing the things in private that you should be and it, and it's showing out in public and people are saying, "Man, what's going on with them? They can't go out on that mission night because my my life depends on it." Apply that to your context, man. There's people who their lives depend on you showing up and being accountable, so it's time to be accountable. Last one here, excessive ego. No ego amigo. A leader who prioritizes their own ego, seeking personal glory, recognition, or validation at the expense contributions and well-being can foster a competitive, divisive atmosphere that undermines teamwork and collective success. There's no ego in leadership. I don't care who you are. There's a difference between being confident because it's just as bad as to be insecure is to have an ego. That's why leadership is all about balance. It's how do I balance the confidence in me and the the humility that I need for people to be able to follow me. So warning signs, leaders frequently dominate conversations or meetings, minimal acknowledgement or appreciation for team efforts and a culture that values individual achievements over collaborative success. You got to get rid of your ego and uh, no ego amigo in 2024, a leader who prioritizes their own ego. Man, what would happen if you channel that into putting confidence in your team? by the way, that's the most insecure person in the room. That's the person who carries pride and insecurity into the workplace is somebody who has an ego because they think they could do it by themselves. And that's somebody who will never have success long-term anyways. They might feel good within six months and they're saying, man, we're doing something great or I'm doing something great. That's somebody with an ego. And slowly but surely their team leaves them and their friends leave them and they're saying, man, it's what's going on. Maybe it's it's everybody else. And most of the time, when somebody blames everybody else, you can reflect that back to them. If it's always everybody else, they've had twenty-seven girlfriends the last year, and man, they're did they just all oh, are so bad. No, you're bad. That that's that's an ego. It's it's constantly needing validation at the expense of others. You're the leader. You don't need validation. Validate the people within your organization. Have them feel confident. Have them feel secure. And give them the credit because you want to foster a competitive divisive atmosphere carry an ego in your organization that it's just going to undermine everyone in your organization everyone in your team and you will not have long-term success so you don't need to dominate conversations just because you're the leader that does not mean you need to lead meetings that does not mean you need to lead every conversation you don't need to be in every conversation if you are again you are the lid minimal acknowledgement or appreciation for others every single day you should, make a, you should make it a mark on your calendar to show appreciation to one person based on their character. We always affirm character, not achievements. We don't, we don't affirm achievements. All that stuff's great. All that stuff's a byproduct of what we're doing every single day. We always talk about celebrating the big game after the Super Bowl. Why don't we celebrate after practice? Because that's where people become great. A culture that values individual achievements over collaborative success. If you win, we win. 'Cause it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about we. Cause we can do more together than we can separate. So I believe that if you if you can look introspect here before you blame or look at other people, because I might have just said something in the last 30 minutes where you're like, man, that's totally my leader. Most of the time it's us as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read them again and we'll 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 go into next week. But micromanagement, narcissism, lack of empathy short-term focus at the expense of long-term goals, lack of accountability, and excessive ego. It's 2024, no toxic leadership in 2024. There's toxicity and there's work to be done on ourselves. If you're not in counseling, get in counseling. If you're not, you don't have a coach, get a coach. If you're not reading and learning, start reading and learning today. If you're not in prayer, get praying. Because at the end of the day, our teams will always go the pace of our health. You wanna you want an incredible successful team in 2024? Get healthy. Your team needs it. They're, you are so replaceable. I don't care who you are. You could be the smartest human on the planet. If you don't channel internal and external health in 2024, you will not last. And your people will need to find somebody else. And it's our responsibility. It's nobody else's responsibility to create health in our organizations. Because if it was anybody else's, they would be leading it. You are the leader. It's your responsibility to have health. It's your responsibility to put your ego aside at 759, put it away, and learn how to channel that in in competitive, successful ways. And at the end of the day, if you will be successful, if you take these traits and go, man, have I had this in 2023? I'm not carrying it into 2024. I'm going to be an intentional leader. I'm going to be an honest leader. I'm going to be a humble leader. And I'm going to be a confident leader. You do those things, I promise you, your team will win, you will win, and we together will become a better leader. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Seriously, it means the world to me. If you can, hit the subscribe button. Maybe comment something that you've seen in a leader that you're saying, man, this is, this is something that I believe is a great trait, or, or this is another toxic trait that I've seen. Maybe comment, would love to have a conversation with you. Again, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much.